You're listening to Marketing and Mocktails with Manal Sampat, a previously recorded Facebook Live episode inside the group Marketing and Mocktails with Manal, where dental professionals discuss, share, and learn about dental marketing. Manal Sampat is an entrepreneur, speaker, healthcare provider, and enthusiastic shoe lover. She's been featured in the Huffington Post, Dentistry IQ, Forbes, the Guinness Book of World Records, and more. Join her as she discusses marketing, team, business growth with other industry experts. And if you'd like to receive 10 ways to improve your marketing today, simply text the word resources to 38470. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Marketing and Mocktails with Manal. I am your host, Manal Sampat. I am so sorry I have been MIA for a few weeks, but life and uh, and travel gets in the way so i am sure you're kept up with all my happenings on facebook thank you so much for always being there thank you so much for being awesome and always following up you guys are the reason i do this so thank you for always being active and i'm super super excited because i have a fantastic guest tonight with me some of you may know her um you know from jumpstart some of you may know her because she's been in the industry for a long time and she is well known so Right now, we have Susan with us. Hello, Susan. Hi, Manal. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh, and I see that we're getting some viewers. Hey, guys, if you're watching, tell us who you are. Tell us where you're watching from. Susan and I are going to be discussing a lot of things today. And the important thing that we're going to be discussing today is how do you focus on the quality of care? And really, we're going to deep dive into the question of how am I, how do I become less insurance dependent? And that's a big one because that's something that I know a lot of dental practices are trying to get rid of. And then, you know, for the non-dental practice owners, our consultants, coaches, and speakers, we're also going to deep dive into how do you structure yourself in the, in the industry as the go-to person, as a thought leader, as a person that people come to and ask questions about. So this is going to be actually super exciting and super fun. And I am actually really, really thrilled that we have this 45 minutes to chat over wonderful things. So Susan, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Well, I'm happy to. I, uh, I grew up in a dental family. My dad was a dentist and he loved the profession and had me assisting him at age 14 after oh. school and on Saturdays, sometimes not always my favorite place to be, but I, uh, I, really appreciated his passion for dentistry and for um, changing people's lives. And I went to hygiene school right out of uh, high school. And I was a hygienist for about 19 years and went into coaching about 12 years ago and uh, kind of hung up the scalers. I haven't, I haven't really worked in hygiene in a long time, but I love what I'm doing now. Do you think that, Things have changed from when you started working at your dad's at the age of 14. Oh, my God. Have they ever? I mean, <laughs> huge, hugely changed. Hugely what would you changed. say is one of the most top like things that you have seen that has changed dramatically? All the technology, I think. You know, all the technology in dentistry now and um, just the options for patients with dental implants. There's, there's so many more choices with all the cosmetic work, all the adult ortho. It, it's really, it's really tremendous. I think what, you know, what's, what's happened in the you profession know, over the years. And, you know, it's something interesting about um, technology because I do so much of talking on technology and on, uh, I am a millennial. So on how do you grasp technology? Do you think technology is something that has 
been a positive or a negative factor in our industry? And you can be honest, totally honest. <laughs> I think it's positive. I think it's positive. I think I think the one thing that I, I can say hasn't changed in our industry is the importance of relationships with patients, you know, and the importance of of connection and the importance of um, the patient experience and the, the loyalty people people have. And I, I, I think that hasn't changed at all. That was one thing I admired about my dad is he was really excited to meet people. He was um, always willing to help and he just enjoyed, really enjoyed what he did and, and getting to know people and people from all walks of life. So I think the relationship aspect of the profession hasn't changed at all. Um, and I don't know if it ever will, you know, but I think the delivery of the services, the types of services, the, there, there's so much more now. I think that what has happened, like you said, is that aspect of connection is still alive. It's just that it's been confusing. It's become confusing, right? Because what's going on right now is, well, do we communicate online? Do I do webinars? Yeah. Do I do this? Do I... You know, like, do I have to do virtual consults going forward? Do I need yeah. Instagram? Do I need to be on Pinterest? Do I need to be on yeah. Snapchat? How many people ask me that question all the time? Do I have to be on Snapchat? Um, and, you know, I think the communication mediums have progressed and have changed where things are easier, in my world, easier, because I can just Facebook message anybody and do a live show yeah. like this with you and get to hang out right. with you, even though we are so far apart, right? Right. Um, and, you know, but the one thing that has stayed consistent in our industry and something that we always, always find is how do practices become less dependent on insurance? You know, as technology has changed, so has the way people pay. So has the way people view healthcare, especially dental care. Mm -hmm. And it has changed dramatically on how you close sales, how you talk about your treatment. Um, do you take my insurance question? Right. right? And right. all these practices are, so many of them are kind of just working like a puppy mill or are just working, 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 trying to make, make their ends meet. And I think that that has been a huge change in our industry where healthcare at one point was something that people didn't question. People did not really, uh, you know, shopped around for right right, right? and now right. you shop around right and uh and you're so much insurance driven and i know that your claim to fame is how do you reduce uh your insurance dependency tell us a little bit about that well you know i think you have to really have um have a plan and you have to really understand what's happening in your practice how many patients are, are on certain plans what the plans reimburse and you have to figure out how you're going to either shrink the practice, start marketing to replace some of these patients that were on these plans, and how do you explain it to your patients? How do you prepare them for this change? And how do you how do you kind of set the stage? And how does your team prepare them? Because it has to be kind of a group effort. And I've had great success with doctors that have just sort of said, you know what, either I want completely off or I want to reduce certain ones. And as long as you have a strategy for it and you're able to be able to set yourself apart and differentiate yourself from certain um, certain practices so that people really want to come see you and feel a difference. I think it has to be different. I think it if it's the, a cleaning is a cleaning, if the experience is the experience, then people will 
follow their insurance plan, they won't be willing to, to pay outside of their insurance plan. And is it, well, what are some of the tips then? What would you say would be like a couple of the tips that, you know, people can really use in their practice? I would um, really set myself apart with my, um, my new patient experience. So one of the things I have my doctors doing is calling new patients the day they schedule their appointment mm. and welcoming them to the practice and trying to start the relationship there, start the connection there. And having the, you know, having the team really create a good, um, a good experience on the phone, first contact, you know, really finding out some information, personal information about the patient, taking control of the call and really creating value for that visit and value for the practice. So I think that's really important and deciding, you know, what is our hygiene visit going to be like? What are we going to, what are we going to be known for? How is that experience going to be maybe a little bit different and, and creating, um, creating strong personal connections, you know, really getting to know your patients so that you're, you know, have great eye contact, you're using their name, you're, um, you know, you're doing aftercare calls for some of the procedures the doctor, you know, the doctors do that you're really feel getting them feeling like they're important, like the patients are important to the practice. And, you know, I think I, I kind of really like that idea of you're saying that we have the dentist call them as soon as a new patient is scheduled, right? Mm -hmm. Not even, not even waiting till they come inside the practice, but really, I see the schedule, I see that you are here, and I'm just going to go ahead and give you a call and welcome you. Do you think that before that step, when the front desk is on the phone and the question, do you take my insurance, uh, pops up, do you think that's something um, that could be discussed strategically? Yes, it has to be. You know, we really, I, I believe we really have to be honest with patients, and but we have to make them understand that we can still work with their insurance. So I coach them on saying, you know, that's a great question. I'll ha be happy to tell you how your insurance plan will work in our office. And I even like to call it a benefit plan because it's really not like a medical insurance plan. So I like to get the word insurance out of the conversation, but to be able to say, we're considered an unrestricted provider on that plan. I so, like that. So we want to say, we don't want to say no, no, don't take that. No, we're not network. No, no. We're considered an unrestricted provider on that plan. I can explain to you how this will work in your in our practice. So be able to tell them we're going to, you know, estimate your portion of the visit. We'll be able to tell you ahead of time and we'll be able to file all the paperwork for you. And to be able to say, Many patients choose to come here because they don't want their choices limited by their by their insurance plan or by their employer. So they're not alone, right? They're not the only ones choosing to come to that practice. And I kind of like that because I like how you're just simply, you know, going about it and being honest, but you are using specific words, you know, unrestricted plan. Like this is what it is. And then you're going and telling them that people do choose to come to us because they don't want insurance dictating the care that you need because we believe in providing the care that you actually need yeah. <laughs> you, right 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 I, yeah i had one um one gal that i coach who would you know i thought this was brilliant would say to patients you know sometimes 
your insurance plan will change every year. You know, do you want to change dentists every year? And, you know, just have to have to find someone new that you can trust, that you can go see. So just to get them thinking, you know, about that. And I also love to get them thinking about, you know, why did they specifically call? And, you know, how can we let them know that we can take great care of them, that this doctor has, you know, really great training and experience in whatever service they need to be able to say, have you seen our Google reviews? You know, have you, have, you know, what do you know about our practice? Have you seen some of our patient testimonials? You know, you're going to love it here. And just so, trying to keep it. Okay. So you're putting a lot of value on the practice itself. Right. And you are trying to, so when they do ask you that question, like using the words like unresistic, real plan, but we will help you along with this. Are you somebody you want the insurance dictating you or do you want the healthcare professional dictating yeah. you guys? And then also now re-following that up and saying, okay, well, you know, this is the reason why people choose to come to us. Right. This is why, this is what it is. And this is the reason why you should be a part of our patient family. Do you think that... Um, do you think that the team members can be trained? On phone training? Yeah, on that oh, mortgage. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I because do. something that I have come across, which has been a little bit crazy, is when I have had clients call me, and I, I do the marketing before they get to the practice. You know, I am, I am all about putting marketing strategies together and figuring out your new patient avatar and all yeah. that fun stuff. And I had one client um, call me and he said, well, I know we are doing all this and we can show you results because, you know, I can show you how many leads, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but I'm not seeing it. So I said, okay, no worries. And we did a mystery call. And I never usually do it, but I did it for them. And I did a mystery call and I record the whole conversation. And it turns out that it was probably one of the worst, worst calls that you could have made. In fact, when he heard the call and when he tried to start paying attention to what his team was saying, it made clear sense as to why nobody was scheduling. And it made yeah. clear sense, you know, and I saw, I kind of like to think that analogy all the time and go back at that point, because a lot of times I think that practices are very much focused on insurance. Are right. they gonna take my insurance? Are they gonna take my insurance? Are they gonna take my insurance? But my question to you is, even if you are taking their insurance, how is your team approaching that phone call? How are they, actually being on the phone with the patients and how are they making sure that your value is coming across? And this is something I think that people don't focus on as much because they just want to see, okay, well, where are the numbers? But there is a process to the numbers, right? And have you seen right. that happen in a lot of practices as well? I have. And, and I, I think there's extreme knowledge and power in re recording the phone calls, the new patient phone calls. It, it, I think answering new patient phone calls is challenging. It's 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 challenging, and you know you've got to you you. I think I, it, as the team member, sometimes you hang up the phone and you don't even really remember what you said. You know, so to to be able to record it and listen and go, oh, here's where I could have taken control of the caller. Here's where I could have said something different. So. Absolutely. And I think it's such a such a big part of just having that simple conversation. Right. Yeah. Um, and when you're looking at these practices and you're looking at them and I know that you're talking about how do we actually focus on quality and how do we actually focus on a schedule that we want that is thriving compared to just trying to fill the spots. 
-hmm. What are some of your tips and strategies on that? I like to have a template in place okay. Okay. for the schedule, you know, based on um, the doctor, the way the doctor's diagnosing and based on a productivity goal, an hourly goal for the day. And based on the, the energy level of the doctor, you know, when do they want to do certain procedures? So I think it's important to have a strategy of how you want your day to run. You know, when do you want to do your major production? When do you want to see new patients? When do you want to see emergencies? And, and I think there has to be a guide. And I think we need to guide patients that way. And then I think it's easier for patients or for the team to schedule if there's, there's a guide in place. And, you know, so this is, again, an interesting point because this is a shift in mindset. Usually you let patients control your schedule. And what you are saying is that you shouldn't. <laughs> the practices no. who are letting the patients control their schedule. Mrs. Smith, I, you know, when she, Mrs. Smith will call and say, I want a 3.30 p.m. on this day. Well, Mrs. Smith, we can't do it that day because of X, Y, and Z. Well, this is the day I want. Instead of yeah. you letting... Patients control your schedule. You are in control of your schedule. And what a relief that would be when people don't have to worry about stuff. Right. And your team actually has a template. And your team actually has, uh, you know, entire day planned out, knowing what needs to happen, who to call, when to fill the spots up. And the doctor has a schedule based on their needs and wants, which, right. makes, which makes a lot of more of a better life sure. <laughs> and a better work day, right? Right. To take control of that. Definitely. I, I believe it's good to give patients choices, mm -hmm. you know, but to be able to say morning or afternoon, you know, I want 3.30. Well, unfortunately, doctor doesn't do those types of procedures at 3.30. I can give you one o'clock, you know, and so, I mean, yeah. you know how difficult it is. To, you call a medical office or a medical hospital and say, well, I want to come in for that MRI at nine. And, you know, they laugh. I mean, that you know, so. I mean, my, my husband's, my husband's a physician. So. Okay. Um, yes, <laughs> so you know. I know, I know, I know very well. Uh, I think medical and dentistry are extremely different. Mm -hmm. They are uh, extremely different. The expectations are very different. And so is the care. The expectation of care and the expectation of level of service is very, very different in both those professions. And I absolutely agree is how much value do you place in it, right? And like you said, there are some words that you can use. So, you know, when I was working in a pediatric dental office, and then obviously I've worked with countless offices after that, but something that we used to tell people, because moms would only want to come at 3.34 p.m. after the kid is out, right, of school, sure. and something that, you know, we had to work around and tell them, explain them, is that, listen, your child is six years old, and by the time it's 4 p.m. in the afternoon, they're going to be tired, mm -hmm. and they're not going to enjoy that appointment, and right. it's going to be difficult for them, and they're not going to want to take oral health seriously or enjoy brushing and flossing, they're not going to enjoy their appointment. Yeah. We rather see them early in the morning when they are full of energy and this is something that they can get done early in the morning and the doctors would love to see them in the morning and this is the best for your child. Or right. this is the best for you. You're making it about them yes. and not about your schedule and your priorities, but you're prioritizing and telling them exactly, hey, what is it that is better for you as a patient? Right. And that kind of understands, you know, if somebody, if I were to call a medical practice or a dental practice and ask them, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And they told to me that then say, listen, during the afternoon, you're going to need X amount of time. If you're working, this is what it is. You may need to be driven home. It doesn't make sense, whatever. You know, if you make it about me, I am more likely mm -hmm. 
to be with you and follow your direction because you are thinking about me and not yourself. And I think that's a language issue that has always been there where I think a lot of times we do say things like, well, the doctor doesn't do this or the hygienist doesn't work yeah. that day, right? Yeah. It becomes a, well, it's your hygienist. Why do I care if they don't work that day? Can't you get me another hygienist? Or why is the doc, if the doctor's too busy, maybe I'm, maybe they don't need new patients, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, which is a lot of people do assume that, I think. And right. it does happen because there are practices where simply sometimes I just tell them, have you posted that you're accepting new patients? Because sure. people yeah. don't know that. Right. Right? right. And people don't know that. So it becomes a part of that conversation, um, you know, and as well. Now, I know that you going to marketing, I know that you um, have a marketing strategist on your team. I do. Yes. I tell do. us a little bit about that. Well, I, I love marketing, but I really believe that, you know, my, my lane is what I call case agreement or conversion. You know, how do we, how do we get the patients to, agree to treatment? How do we get them healthy? How do we get them to yes? How do we become their advocate for fitting the, you know, the care into their schedule and their budget? And I work with a gal who her um, expertise is in marketing. So she can take a look at demographic surveys, can study the area, can look at, you know, what services they want to market. And together we put together a budget that we grow. So you know, I'm helping with the conversion of the phone calls. She's getting the phone to ring and we're working together, you know, to get, to get the practice busier, you know, to get the types of patients that, and the services that, that, that the doctor wants to see. And, and I think marketing, you got to get your message out there. You know, I, I think that's so important if, for certain people. I mean, I, I, my clients really enjoy working with this marketing strategist to, to grow, you know, grow their practice. Absolutely. I mean, who doesn't want to do that at the end of the day? <laughs> right. Well, but I think, yeah, and I think the important part too is looking at the ROI, right. And right. really kind of studying, okay, what types of treatment plans were diagnosed on these new patients that came from which, which marketing piece and how many of them moved forward with treatment and what's the long-term ROI, what's the short-term ROI, you know, like so many times dentists are getting these reports, right? Oh, you had this many impressions and this many impressions. And it's like, okay, well, what, what happened? Did they translate to? Yeah. What did we get? <laughs> so it's yeah. really kind of taking that. That's the, that's the tough part is running all, you know, running the reports and, and really taking a deeper dive. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's the thing is, it's very happening. easy to manipulate reports when yeah. it comes yeah. to, when it comes to different kind of, uh, I know specifically with marketing, it's very easy to you know focus your reports on yeah well you got this many impressions or you got this many views yeah. uh or you got x y and z but did that convert to anything right is there a goal that's being met was there a direct call to action on there um and i love when i you know see a lot of the times where people are online marketers especially are trying to market themselves and say this video got this much views and i'm like that's fantastic but what, what happened after? Like, what's the goal? What is the conversion here? Right? Because I can have my mom watch my video all day long. And yeah. I will, I will get those views as well. Yeah. So there is that, um, uh, there is, I, and I'm just going to be honest and say it. So everybody watching, I'm going to be super honest to the world here and be blunt about this because why not? Um, you know, there is this thing where we do get 
very easily, and we all do it, including myself, the shiny object effect. You know, we mm -hmm. see something, sure. we gravitate towards it, we look at it, like, oh, this this thing's this makes sense. You know, this is something that perhaps I want to do, but then we get so caught up into the likes and the loves and uh, the views and um, you know the impressions that we forget and say, okay, well now what? Right. What comes after that? Is this converting into dollars or not? Um, and so much of that, I think, is just because that's how people are marketing. This is how people are, you know, going out there and saying, yes, you're getting all these impressions, you're getting all these things, which is again, it's great. None of it is bad. It's all right. great. Right. But you need to have a strategy in place to say, okay, well, I got the impressions. Now, am I retargeting them? Am I doing a call to action? Am I making sure that I'm calling them? Like you said, a new patient yeah. schedules, the doctor yeah. calls. That's a right. conversion. Right, right. Are we following up with them after the appointment? You know, are we retaining them? Are they kind of walking out the back door? You know, what are we doing to make sure that, you know, there's not a flush in and a flush out, you know, of, of these new patients. That's right. so critical. And that's the other thing too, because I think uh, sometimes numbers get fuzzy as well. So, you know, they'll be like, well, yes, I'm getting X amount of new patients, but how many people are leaving your practice? Right. 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 Um, what is your, you know, what is your attrition rate? Like what is going on here where, yes, you're getting, if you're getting all this amount of new patients, that means you, you should be adding a hygienist. You should be yeah. adding extra hours. You should be getting an associate doctor coming in. If this is the, because then why, why are we struggling? What is going right. on here? Who is leaving? What is the treatment acceptance rate? Are they not coming back? And that right. is a huge, huge another part of growth because at the end of the day, everything we do has to come down to the growth. Right. And are you making the money? Um, right. You know, and what I have come across a lot as well is how important it is to have your team on board. Yeah. Huge. And huge, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because the team members are obviously not telepathic. They're not going to know exactly what you're thinking. So there has to be this goal setting part. And I am a believer in incentives. Mm -hmm. I think incentives work. Like mm -hmm. I said, you make it about them, give them something in return, and it's a win-win for everybody. Do you do you help with that? Have you gone through that? Do you have you found success? Absolutely. Yes, I'd have with um and I love incentives too. And and sometimes even incentives are just it's almost fun for the game part of it, you know, just to be able to say, let's set a goal, let's work towards something. I, I've done several different types of incentives and what's working well now for many of my teams are whiteboards, you know, like a monthly yeah. whiteboard and just tracking uh, new patients, tracking procedures, tracking even diagnostic percentages, finding out like what number do we really need to focus on, you know, tracking, maybe talking about Invisalign, you know, is there something we want to specifically target? So uh, I've got hygienists tracking fluoride varnishes or scaling root cleaning and that um, the whiteboards with somebody kind of updating them every day, you know, how are we doing towards our goal has been, has been really fun and really, um, really rewarding and, you know, the teams get bonused on how many of the the goals they've hit. And, you know, there's different, there's different things that motivate different people. You know, some people would rather have a paid day off than maybe have, you know, a cash or, a, you know, an income incentive bonus. So finding out what, you know, what motivates your team, you know, and then how to celebrate it and, and then how to kind of analyze the success, right? How did we do it? 
and what's next. So, um, so those, those types of goals, I think were great. Um, you know, there's also monthly collection goals some offices are working towards, but I think it depends on the profitability of the business, right? You have to, you have to look at that first. So some of the offices that I'm coaching, you know, are still needing to grow and, you know, there can't be huge bonuses. However, there can be celebrations, there can be incentives, there can be a way to reward success. I think that when it comes down to it, the team has to be able to understand and value your goals and see the importance behind them. So mm -hmm. if you are trying to create a goal, and this is a different kind of goal, this is not a practice goal. So for example, I have five team members on my team and two of them, one of them is my social media manager and uh, another one who's my content development manager. And I told them that, listen, I want a goal because we had just, we just recently, a couple of months ago, started our Instagram profiles and actually started being active on Instagram because it was coming to a point where I was like, well, I'm doing Instagram training for people. I, <laughs> you know, you better walk I, I talk, huh? right. Well, well, it was just one of those things where there are times where you just become so busy sure. doing things that you, you do yourself laugh. And I've just, I'm such a Facebook lover that Instagram has always been like, oh, you know, and then finally I'm like, all right, guys. My team was on it for me for a year. We got to do this. We got to do this. So I said, okay, let's do it. And I told them, so this is what I want. I want in, uh, in the next 30 days, I want 100 new followers. This is how we are going to do it. These are our strategies. And I explained them our strategies. I explained them exactly what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. And I told them, what are your thoughts? What do you think? What is your input on this? And then they started sharing their input and saying, well, Manal, I saw this and this worked really well. What if you we were to take your idea, combine it with this idea, and we can make it into this? What if we, I, you know, can, do we have room for budget to do this in here? Can we do an ad similar to this? And what happened was it became into a conversation, mm -hmm. right? By simply saying, what are your thoughts on this? Mm -hmm. What is your input on this? And because now it's a part of their own challenge and because they want to achieve that success, now they are, and they know that they have a seat at the table and they, they can message me and say, oh, I just saw this. This is really rocking right now. Let's go ahead and do this, right? So we came up with the meme with Manal with I Love Lucy trends and all these things, you know, captioned this contest and all these things. And yeah, we actually got 100 new followers two months straight, not only one month, not only the second month. And now, now, it's, now we are going over 300 more followers yeah. for one month, right? And we are aiming more and more higher goals. But I have used that same strategy when it comes down to team members inside a business, inside a dental practice or any healthcare practices, because I work with healthcare. And that has always been beneficial. You know, even mm -hmm. just simply telling them, what are your thoughts on it? Right. Let's open that conversation. Instead of becoming right. a boss, you become a leader. Right. And you involve them in the process. You tell them what the goal is. You tell them why this is important. And what can they bring to the table? And obviously incentivize them. You know, obviously right. go ahead and make sure that you always show appreciation. You always have, because they're working hard for you and they're working hard for your business. So they should also feel that they're a part of this business and they have a voice and a say in it. I think recently there was a survey in one of the groups on Facebook where people asked, what is the number one reason the team members are dissatisfied? And the number one reason was they don't feel appreciated. Yes, that's so true. And I, I've been, um, I have one thing to say about goals, what I think is really kind of fun too, is when you ask for input, oftentimes the 
team members are going, oh, that goal's too low. We can do better than that. <laughs> you know, and and they they really get jazzed about it. So um, I think that's that's important. And as far as um, I'm sorry, what did, tell me again what you just asked about the what was the, the last thing you just said about um, no, I was oh, just saying yeah, yeah, I've been surveying teams. So I have a way to send an anonymous survey to teams. And it's kind of been a couple teams that message has kind of come loud and clear of like, I don't feel, you know, that I'm doing a good job, that the doctor cares, that I'm appreciated, or that my, you know, leader or office manager values me. So I I'm coming up with a a do-it-yourself kind of team appreciation kit. Nice. So, you know, I think it's tough for our doctors, right? Because they're they're the CEO, the CFO, the main producer. There's a lot going on. And how can we how can I as a coach make it easier for my clients to appreciate their team members? So I took some thoughts that I had over that book, The Five Love Languages. So some people like to be appreciated with words of affirmation. Some people like acts of service. Some people like quality time. Some people like gifts. Um, you know, the one about touching when it's appropriate, right, in the workforce. But how can, you know, how can we high five each other? You know, like, hey, great job. How can, how can, um, I'm creating a kit with ideas, you know, with little thank you notes, with with templates and ideas of how do you, you know, how do you thank your team members? How do you write one thank you note a week? You know, like set a little goal, maybe have some of the team leads help you with this, you know, identifying who should be recognized. But some of that little stuff, you know, buy donuts once a month, you know, or go treat them to, you know, something, something special, take them bowling, you know. So I'm trying to come up with ways that, you know, let's, Let's it be a little more seamless, right? I don't know. What, what, what's a new idea that I could think of? <laughs> well, I think a lot of it comes down to, like you said, what do they value? Mm -hmm. What is your team value? Because there are definitely teams who are not working for incentives. There are definitely teams who mm -hmm. want more than incentives, especially, I think, with um, my generation, the millennial generation, right? The way yeah. you show appreciation is very different. The way you show us appreciation is perhaps giving us time off for a longer vacation. Perhaps mm -hmm. uh, you tell us, you know, let's go and do a pizza and a bowling party, right? Let's go to the uh, the newest restaurant that's out there. Let's, uh, you know, let's go to a Broadway show because um, we value experiences and mm -hmm. we want to feel like we are a part of your team and we want to feel value in that. And we want to get to know people. We want to get spend time with people. Um, and, you know, we want to be involved and incentives are great, but we do value experiences. So for example, Major, major companies, you know, you look at Google, you look at like Groupon, you look at any of these major companies, Facebook, they all have a fun team area in their in their offices where people kind of go and hang out. Um, you know, my friend works for Groupon and they have unlimited vacation time. Wow. You know, so it's not a, because guess what they say, you could work from wherever you want, however you want. Uh, as long as your work is done, it's totally chill with me. And they're always, and my friend's always traveling. She's all aware the world always traveling, but that's her, that's her incentive. Okay. So incentive is not always dollars. I mean, my team is five people. Like I mentioned, I have only met two of the five people. I yeah, have never, yeah, they're all virtual. I haven't even met three of them and none of us have a 
this is when we are working here to here. No, mm -hmm. our time zones are different. We are literally in every single different time zone available. And recently I'm working with somebody who's international. So a whole different, um, whole different time zone at that end for us. But that's what they value. You know, um, yeah. my social media manager values travel. She calls herself a nomad and she's always traveling the world. And that's totally okay, but that's her incentive. Her incentive is to have that freedom, right? So sure. knowing your uh, incentives for your team members is such an important thing because if you came to me and said, hey, Manal, I'm going to give you X amount extra money, sure. But if you came to me and were like, you don't have to come in eight to five, just work from home, done. What are your goals? Just tell me what they are. We'll make this happen because I don't want, I'm not an eight to five person. So mm -hmm. I think, um, and knowing that and allowing those team members to have a voice to be a part, like Rhonda here messaged and said, changing the thought process from me to V, it's such a big difference. And then allowing, having them, okay, well, what does the team actually want? And what do mm -hmm. they really appreciate? And we go, you know, we all go from there. And that is also something that you can involve your team in, right? It's well, you have to, right? You can't, you, know, you can't be a mind reader. So right. you have to, I think, and involve them. Yeah, one of the ideas that one of my clients that we came up with was we had, we contacted uh, a massage school that, you know, they have oh. students who are looking massage therapists. So maybe you could add this in your, in your thing. Give us a okay. shout out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give us a, give us a shout out on that. And the, what we did was we contacted the massage school and we said, hey, uh, you know, the, the students there need, need their community hours. And if they would come to the team, they would come to our practice one day and just give people a quick 10 minute massage. Yeah. Let's do it. Great and, idea. And they had the massage people coming in and they got food in and, you know, they were just hanging out and it was something that was different and fun. Yeah. I love so that. The same concept. And we translated that to patient appreciation mm -hmm. and we did it for Mother's Day. And now all, right. all the moms were scheduling in May, which is a slower month usually, to bring their kids in because they wanted that 10-minute massage, <laughs> which they Good. got with their background. So there are so many things that you can do where, again, what do you value? If, you're, if, you know, if your client base or if your patients are somebody who is a busy mom, what does yeah. a busy mom value? And your marketing should be that. Your marketing should be based around that. What you spend your money on should be based around that. But showing appreciation should also be based around those values itself, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it becomes a big part. Yeah, I think it becomes a big part about that. Now, I know we're coming closer to that mark, because sometimes this shows goes very, very quickly. We can't even tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't finished my mocktail yet. I know. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Sangria. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Oh, I saw I saw the recipes were posted on yes. for yes. all the wonderful Am I the first guest to bring their own to bring a recipe? Not at all. No, no, no. We have had uh, I have had people send a lot of recipes and uh, I had people trying to hide actual liquor. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it's totally cool. I mean, I, I grew up on an island. I drink rum. Rum is super rum, you know, I'm my husband brews beer. Like we are I'm totally pro liquor and cocktails. It's just that I have to do a mocktail because I cannot take, um, I cannot be responsible for my guest if I say this is a cocktail and then they go, and this is worldwide open on Facebook and the world. So yeah. I always say a mocktail, it's your decision if you want to 
go cocktail and say some really, really honest things, just know the world's seeing it. But okay. so we do it on the safe side and we do marketing and mocktail yeah. and all. But yeah. we've had some great friends join us too. Shelly Renee and Angela, Davis Sullivan and Russell Mann's a friend and client of mine. Oh, yes, we have. Yeah. I think yeah. on is it because it's beautiful fall weather right now. And I think it's a sports season again. Is there some stuff going on right now? Well, Thursday night football, you it's know, you got to, might want to change it to Wednesday night. We're going to change it to Wednesday night. I think we're going to do a little <laughs> bit of changing around in the fall. The show got booked for the whole year. So we are just like, okay. I know. Uh, you you know, booked me in January. I think oh, I, you squeezed oh. me in in September. Yes, yes. We The show is completely booked for the year. But the cool thing is the show stays on here. And at the same time, it's turned into a podcast. So the podcast also nice. goes up on iTunes and uh, Spotify and everything else that's out there for podcasts as well. So people usually come in after after they're done or then they'll watch the show later on as well. But if you guys have questions for us, Please let us know what they are. Feel free to comment on the wall. Feel free to uh, tell us everything wonderful going on. And Susan, why don't you tell us how people can reach you? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, my um, my email is susan at dentalcoaches.com. And my cell phone is 860-657-6693. So those are the most direct, you know, direct ways to reach me. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and those areas too. So you can find Susan pretty much everywhere. What's your website address, Susan? One more time. It's um, dentalcoaches.com. So dentalcoaches.com, pretty easy to remember. Dental pretty coaches, easy. Yeah, dentalcoaches.com. Go ahead and make sure that you contact her there. And if you have any questions, make sure you ask us all the questions here. Susan and I will be going back and forth the next couple of days answering all your questions and all the fun stuff. It was good seeing you guys. Yes. Thank you so much, Manal. Really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. And we'll see you next week with another Marketing and Mocktails with Manal. We'll, maybe we'll change some time around. We'll see. Talk to you okay. guys soon. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Bye.